Hi everyone, it's Kelly. This is a live interview for my podcast with Brave Company. I'm just putting this in the notes. Today, I am so just like grateful for this moment because it's such a full circle moment. Today, I am interviewing one of my own personal mentors, um, the person that gave me my first opportunity of starting my business. Um, she hired me, I think it's like eight years ago, something wild like that, like a, it's been a minute. Um, she hired me to do social media for her brand. And it was the first time someone uh, believed in me and sh saw what I could do and just was like, okay, if this is what you wanna do, if this is the business that you wanna start, let's do it. And she hired me and I just, always um, appreciated her and she's always in my heart. And besides all that of my personal connection, she's just a badass entrepreneur who has made me believe in the power of prayer, the power of the universe, the power of creating your visions. Um, Roz Brooks is just a badass at seeing something, wanting to create it and making it happen. I've seen it in her office, um, examples of a project that she started 10 years ago, um, building a community garden in downtown Las Vegas within a food desert. And just starting with, I believe it was a basil plant. And now it's this incredible project 10 years later, um, providing sustainable food. And just seeing her process and seeing her methodology just so damn inspiring. Um, again, I remember just being in different meetings and something would come up. Yeah, Vegas Roots is so cool. Like, it's definitely such a part of our downtown community. Um, and just seeing like, okay, the power bill was due or the water bill was due and we weren't sure how to do it and Ron's would be like, we got this. And then, someone would show up with a donation or something would come through or the news would come by and get press and it was just a really incredible experience to be in um, with her and just seeing with my own eyes the power that she has of creating. And now she has a new project called Well Women of Color that we're gonna talk about. She's just a badass, let me add her on. Hold on one moment. We're connecting. Hello. Hi. I was just uh, sharing a little bit of just like how you're a badass, and two, uh -oh. uh, a little bit about like back in the day, Vegas Roots when we would be in the in a meeting, and you're like, okay, the power bill is due, or the water bill is due, and we're like, okay, we don't know how we do it, and then like literally 24 hours, you're like, someone called. I know. They're donating, or someone called. They're coming through, and I, before we jump into it, but like you taught me the power of when you really believe it and when you really can see it, the, right. the ability of God, the universe, to really come through and support you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I want to talk about all of that. So for anyone watching that is um, new to your channel or just tuning in, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Yes, I can. Give me one second. Sure. OK, 
Okay, so my name is Roz Badass Brooks. Yes. <laughs> That's the new nickname Kelly just gave me. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm getting a shirt. That's going to say Roz Badass Brooks. Yes. <laughs> um, and I am the founder and creator of Vegas Roots Community Garden. Uh, it's a five-acre space in Las Vegas. And we're about 10 minutes from downtown Las Vegas in proximity. I started the garden in March of 2010. And so this is our 10 year anniversary. And I still cannot believe that the garden is still growing and still flourishing. Incredible. Yeah, after, after 10 years. Um, I also recently, two years ago, started an online program called Well Women of Color. And with that brand, we have a monthly membership program called Wellness University. And basically, Wellness mm -hmm. University is Weight Watchers dipped in chocolate. And it's always been my desire to have a place that Black and Brown women can go to that is culturally based and relevant um, for them specifically to overcome health issues and diseases and all of that. And so it's been two years um, or two and a half years with that. Wow. And I also own a mobile oil changing service. And I've had that for about 12 years. And we actually go out to your home or your job and change the oil in your truck, van, car, fleet, boat, or motorcycle. Uh, and so I've been doing that for 12 years. So I guess you could say I'm a serial entrepreneur at heart. You are. You are. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't believe when it's been 10 years since the garden. And I remember when you were starting to feel the, the intuitive uh, feeling of wanting to build well women of color. Yeah, yeah. You, what was that pull? Like, what were you seeing? What were you feeling like there was a gap? What is, what did that look like? Um, I can honestly say that over the years, it almost feels like it wasn't necessarily anything I've done. It didn't stem from me necessarily having a original kind of plan or desire mm -hmm. or it was you know in me but what generally happens in my life is that something will happen it'll spark that thing and then the next thing will happen and it'll just that that spark will just keep going and going and until before I know it I'm so passionate about it and I'm so on fire about it that I have to just continue moving forward and and of course, I mean, it happened that way with the garden for sure, because I yeah. never planted a seed, didn't know shit about dirt or gardening or planting or anything. Um, but I just felt called to come out of the classroom. I was a school teacher with CCSD, our Clark County School District here in Las Vegas, and I taught kindergarten in first grade and really just felt like it was time to move on from that, you know, to do something else. I had no idea it would be the garden, but again, one thing led to another. And by the time I started this, it was just like when I, it, you know, you would have thought when I was six years old, I was like, mom, I want to be a farmer, you know, <laughs> like I had wanted to do it all my life. And with well, women, um, one of my husband's friends who, who is a health and uh, wellness guru, he was visiting in town and he invited us to come and see him speak. I had never met him before. They grew up together 
uh, and he talked about health and it was just so eye-opening mm -hmm. to me. I've always been into fitness and health and nutrition, right. and helping my family and all of that, but the things that he shared and the, you know, I just had no idea. That's when I, be, we became a vegan, like that, his workshop was Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And on Monday we had totally given up meat and given up dairy and all that. And so again, with that one thing led to another, he was having his last um, certification to be a health coach, um, a medical missionary is what he calls it in, yes. in Arizona. Yes. Yeah in Arizona and I talked to my husband about it and on my own dime, I flew there eight weekends in a row, Friday, Saturday and Sunday to Phoenix and took the workshop. And, and all of the things that I learned during that time, by the end of that, I was just like on fire and I started teaching health in the garden and one thing led to another and now it's online. So it, everything has happened like that. And I love your testimony because it, I, I could say like, I saw it, <laughs> you know, like truly you put things out there and then it's, it's like the universe brings you all the resources and it's like, here, no, no, for real, go do it. And if you could just back up a little bit, cause this is one of my favorite stories from you of how yes. the garden started with yeah. leave a basil plant. <laughs> it was aloe vera. Aloe vera. Okay. Aloe vera. A little plant and just a little bit more, just like yeah. about the land and yeah how that came together yeah so when i felt god calling me out of the classroom well and I, I take that back with what i said earlier there was one thing that i had always wanted to do and that was work with the homeless mm. and all my life i had just i was always bringing home stray cats and dogs and babies and like mom can we keep it mom you know we we had two babies uh, at different times because I'd met a, meet a girlfriend in my teenage years who was pregnant and had the baby and they were drug addicts. And I'd go literally find a way to get get a ride to her house and get the baby oh three or four days a week. Come home. I bought so many clothes for the baby. And one, her, her name was Rosalind. Yeah. I hadn't seen... Yep, I hadn't seen this. Uh, the, the girl's name was Sue. And we went to elementary school together. And I was in church one day, and she lived across the street from the church. And I was like, oh, my God, Sue, you know. And so we reconnected, and it turns out. And, you know, I didn't like the way she was living. So I got that baby all the time. I was like 14. And I was like, Mom, can we keep it? Uh, but anyway, so it was always like that. And I was a part of the uh, ministry homeless at the church. And so that is something that I always wanted to do and it's so funny kelly the one thing that i always wanted to do is the thing that never did happen mm. <laughs> everything else happened along the journey trying to have a homeless day shelter so i really felt god calling me out of the classroom and when i thought that it was going to be to do a homeless day shelter i was running out of the classroom mm. and had gotten all my little ducks in a row and you know as it has always happened in my life the, the guy who had been doing my carpet for years and years, he came over one day and he was doing my carpet and I had just changed the oil because I was the owner operator of the oil changing business for like the first three years before I had a, a, somebody that worked for me. And so I had went to this lady's house and was changing the oil in her car and she lived, she was from Boston. And 
I had researched this homeless day shelter in Boston that's like 10 stories tall. And when you walk in the door as a homeless drug addict, all of this, you don't have to come out for six or eight months. And when you come out, you've got like oh. an associate's degree, you're cleaned up, you're like all of this. It was just so, so amazing. And I was like, I got to go. So um, after I changed her oil, I go in there to get payment. She starts telling me, she was talking to a family member and hang up and she's like, oh my God, like I might have to go to Boston and da 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 da. And I'm like, oh my God, like I was just, and she was like, why don't you come with me? You know, you could come with me, see the shelter because I've got to go home. And she was like, going to go in a week or so. I had like no way to like buy the ticket or whatever. So the next day, Kelly, the, the carpet guy is doing my carpet and he was like, you know, I worked for a... Uh, United Airlines. And I was like, no, I didn't know that. Like he'd been doing my car for like three years. I didn't know he had a side hustle with American, uh, with United Airlines. And I was like, oh man, I love going to Boston. He was like, you know what? We go there. We have a nonstop flight that goes to Boston from Vegas. I can get you a buddy pass. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I called the, the lady back and I was like, hey, we're going to Boston. <laughs> And so we go to Boston, just really incredible. The shelter, I met the director, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, oh yeah, I'm bringing this model back to Vegas because there was nothing like it. Had met with city council. I had found, Kelly, I had found a, a little house with uh, a few units in the back of it. And it's right off of like Owens and D Street. Yeah. And it didn't have a for sale sign in it, but it was totally abandoned, boarded up. It was dirt and trash and weeds. And, and for some reason, I was so connected to that house. I just was like, that's gonna be my shelter. Like, that's where I'm gonna start. Kelly, every Saturday, I would get whomever I could to come and help me clean up the lot. Really? We would have to hop the gate to clean up the lot because it was, it was um, chained up. But I was like, I just feel like this is gonna be mine. So I need to like get it spiffied up. Like at least I can get the, 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 the grounds cleaned up until I can figure out who owns the property. I look back at that and I'm like, what in the hell, Roz? But that's how you make it happen. <laughs> like, you know what, we're gonna, hop the, don't, we're gonna hop the fence. We're gonna clean it up because it's gonna be ours. Like that's, that's your mentality. That's what you teach people. Kelly, that, that was so crazy now that I look back. So we, I'm not surprised. <laughs> we, we cleaning it every Saturday. My friends are like, are you sure? Like, when I tell you it looked like the, the yards, it was so bad. I just can't believe I put people through that. It was so bad. So anyway, we do that. I'm trying to find the owner, getting with realtors. Like, look up this parcel. Look up this. And... Uh, then I, as I said, felt God calling me out of the classroom, talked to my husband. And right. my prayer is always, God, if you give it to me, give it to my husband first. So we're not battling in the home, right? I'm like, I'm going to give God two weeks to get it in his spirit. Maybe he'll dream that I quit my job. I, he'll like... <laughs> I love that. So, so I was like, by the time I talked to him, he'll be like, dang, it seemed like I... 
I seen this somewhere. Like, I must have dreamed of something, right? And so we always take an after-dinner walk. And one day I was like, one night I was like, hey, I really feel like it's time, blah, blah, blah. So we talked about it for about two hours. And he said, hey, if this is what you feel led to do, if this is what you feel God calling you to do, we'll tighten up our belt. And we'll make it work. And I was making more than him as a school teacher. Mm. And I had two middle school daughters. And I'm like, but God, they got to go to college and da da da. And how are we going to make it? And blah, blah, blah. You know? But I never worry about the how and the why and the what. And one of the reasons that I don't is because I don't care about failing. Mm. I, have, I, I could care less about failing, something not working. Who gives a shit? Mm. Like, I really love the journey. I love the experiences that I have. You know, and I was sharing with uh, someone yesterday, if I came to the garden tomorrow and the whole damn thing was gone, burned up, whatever, I'd be like, all right, God, what's next? Mm -hmm. I would have no physical connect, you know, no like, oh my God, like the whole life. You're not attached to a certain outcome. No. And that's one of the biggest things I learned from you of not being so like, it has to be like this. You're like, what? Right. Let right. God the universe do its thing. Exactly. It will come. It will, it will present itself. I would be like, okay, obviously my time at the garden is supposed to be over, you know, kind right. of. Right. So, so um, I quit my job. Mind you, before I had mentioned, like, I had gone to the city council, found the house, did, you know, doing all this. So I, I quit my job as a school teacher. I'm pretty sure 20 minutes after I quit my job, every single door to, to opening up the homeless shelter shut. Like, literally, it happened so fast. I was like, what did I hear wrong or whatever, right? Um, this, I went before the city council again and they were like, that's when Oscar Gipman was the, the, the uh, mayor and mm -hmm. when they were just trying to ship the homeless off anywhere, ship them to another country, get them out of downtown, we got to clean up downtown. And, and so the councilman at the time was Ricky Barlow and he was like, Rise, I'm really sorry, but we're not even giving out uh, social service business licenses right now like there's just no way that you could even get a business license to be able to wow. do that. and he said no no matter where you got like there's just no way you're going to be able to do it and i was like girl i like i couldn't even believe it right and then the realtor simultaneously almost at the same time was like that house is in the that house is in probate or whatever whatever like there's absolutely no way that it can be sold right now or you know whatever and I was just like what in the heck um so that was the first time um throughout this journey and and I know that it was because I was brand new to this this whole thing that was the first time I really had a pity party I mm. you know, for two weeks I was just crying and crying like I just couldn't believe it and uh, I heard this song from a singer named John Waller, and the song said, serve me while you wait. And I was, I could just remember like it was yesterday. I was in my den, 
I'm like sitting in the dark and the music's on, the radio's on. Yeah. The song comes on and it just literally, and I love that you have to look up that song, Kelly. I will. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you the link to it. Um, and it just said, serve me while you wait. And that literally, it just changed my whole life. And I said, wow, yes, what the universe is saying, just serve, just keep going, stop mm -hmm. tripping, just, you know. And I thought back to a message that my pastor had spoken one Sunday and it simply, he, he said, if you don't know your purpose, find somebody who does know their purpose and help them. Like stop living your life. Like you can't serve, you can't help, you can't volunteer, you can't do anything because you don't know what your purpose is. You don't know what to do. So you sit and you sit and you sit and you sit. He's like, help some damn body who do know what their purpose is. Yes. Until the answers for you come along. And that's what I did. I just said about, I was volunteering every day at these different homeless shelters and with these uh, nonprofits who were serving the homeless. And it was so beautiful. It was so sweet. And it was something that I should have been doing anyway, just to learn, just to, you know, see how to even operate a shelter and all of that, that hands-on training. And then shortly after that, I was talking to Frank Hawkins and I was sharing like, because I had started teaching health at the church. They wanted me to like once a month, we had a, a meetup and a buffet and all this kind of stuff. And I was teaching health. And um, so I was sharing with Frank Hawkins at a business meeting once. Like, and so I said, as we, uh, as my group of women and I, as I'm sharing about health and teaching about what to eat, it would be so nice if we had like an area that we could just go and pick fresh fruits and vegetables and, you know, they were healthy and, and that's when he said, hey, I have five acres of land. Why don't you do a community garden? I'm born and raised in Las Vegas. I almost am sure, Kelly, I had never even heard of a community garden. Right. It feels like I hadn't even like really heard that term before. Uh, and I was like, a community garden? He was like, yeah, why don't you grow the food? Why don't you do it? And I'm like, I want them, whoever them is. Like, I don't want to grow the shit. I just want to go buy it yeah and then you know i think about who's that that says be the change that you want to see in the world gandhi gandhi and, and i was like um and so he said i have offered the land to two other organizations that wanted to do a community garden on it and they both flaked and so he said you know you can't get uh, two people together to actually make a decision and stick with it. So it's still sitting there. And he was like, go take a look at it. And I wish we could throw some pictures up here, but like, it was literally like, you know, it looked like the desert with glass and old trailers and rebar because he was a developer. And this piece of property is where all the waste stuff went when they got done building a house or building an apartment complex they put all the trash on this lot until at such time well actually then they would like use they could use those scraps for different jobs coming up so Not it really was just like a wasteland and uh i came out to this piece of dirt with all this caliche and i uh 
I, there was a fig tree on the property already and it was growing and everything else around it was desert. And I said, okay, Land, you already know that you're designed to grow food. Like it's already there with no water, no care, no nothing. It was just the tree growing. And uh, so I go to Star Nursery. The only plant I recognized was aloe vera. And so I get an aloe vera plant and I come and sit it in the middle of the five acres. And I, me and some, um, some of my prayer warrior friends, I brought them and we sat it in the middle and said, okay, Lynn, like we need you to do what you do. And there's a, there's a story in the Bible um, about the walls of Jericho when they walk around in silence for seven, is it seven days? Seven hours something, but they walk around seven times this property and then at the end, praying and all of that. And then at the end, the walls um, just miraculously fall down. And so that's what we did. We, we walked around the, the garden seven laps and we weren't talking. We just walked seven times around while we were praying. And then at the end, it's like, all right, let's do the damn thing. And here we are today. 10 years later. 10 years later. I love that story. Yeah. It's such a testament of when you believe and you trust and you just plant a seed, you water it, but then you also let it do its thing. Yeah. So I know it's not always been like the easiest road and it's like you planted something and then boom! Right, right. <laughs> incredible garden happened. Like I know that there's been bumps in the roads or oh, yeah. and how are you going to make it work? What has been some mantras maybe you tell yourself or some prayers or some uh, lifestyle rituals that you have to help you through those hard times? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we tend to, we could stop right there, or especially young entrepreneurs who haven't been through that yet. They're like, oh my gosh, it's not going to work. I got to go. I got to bail. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you say in those times? Um, I mean, I know, you know, traditionally what people tell themselves and what they do. Me personally, yeah. I, I literally just don't take things, I won't say I don't take it so serious, but I really just, I have a really clear understanding that life goes like this. It has ebbs and flows. So I, I never get down when it's down. Like I have such a clear understanding that as sure as I'm down here and I was expecting this and that to happen and it all went to hell and all of that, as sure as I'm down here in a couple of days, I'll be back up there. Like, I just don't really care. And it's during those times where you're having those challenges and nothing's going right and you're being tested from, from every side that's when you grow. It's impossible to grow, scale, mature in every area that you need to mature emotionally and mature mentally. It's impossible to do that 
when every single thing is going right. When everything, <laughs> when, when somebody deposits a million dollar check in your account every month, everybody loves you, everybody shows up, you know, it takes no effort. You can be a, I mean, you can be a pet rock and make something succeed when it's happening good like that. You won't, the only thing that's going to grow under those circumstances is your ego. It's going to get so big to where your life is just going to crumble underneath it because you're not learning anything. You're not, everything is just being handed to you. And so I, I welcome the challenges just as much as I welcome the good days because those are the times when I grew. And so when I'm coming across a bumpy road, I'm like, oh shit, what am I about to learn now? Like something good is about to happen. Like I always feel like I'm being prepared for the big thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I really don't mind. So case in point, I, uh, I took a grant writing. I couldn't afford a grant writer. I just couldn't believe how expensive they are. So I took a little grant writing class. Uh, I did like a, a two-day workshop or whatever. I started writing my own grants. I was getting denied left and right, you know, and it'd be a thousand dollar grant, a $5,000 grant, and, you know, I'm trying right. to raise money to keep running the garden. And, and I had a friend who had reviewed grants in the past and she would like look at it and edit it and kind of help me out. And I, you know, I would get one, a $500 one, then I wouldn't get, you know, the next five, I wouldn't get all that, but I could. So then one day, Kelly, I, I write a USDA grant and it's a half a million dollars and I get that one. So all of the rejections from all those itty bitty grants that I, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do much with, but pay a water bill for one month and nothing. Right. All those itty bitty grants that got rejected prepared me for the big one that I was going to get because by the time I got over here to write the USDA grant, shit, I wrote 20 grants. I was a freaking master at that point, you know, on my level anyway of grant writing. And I can remember, Kelly, I was like, oh, I see what you were doing there. I see how the universe was working that out. So imagine if after the third grant of getting denied, I was like, forget this. I, I'm, I'm no good. I got to find a grant writer. You know, I got to do whatever I can to pay them, you know. And so because of that very experience, girl, every, every in fact, every single failure, I'm like, oh, something big about to happen. I need yeah. five more failures and then I know I'm going to be a million. You know, like, oh, my God, I'm like totally ready. So I would just encourage people to understand that the only way that you're going to learn and grow, you've got to go through it. And then in order to really manage and run a million dollar business or a billion dollar business, do you know the thick skin that you have to have? Do you know the business savviness that you need? Do you know the communication skills that you need to be able to run your employees and your board and your COOs. Like you have got to be top notch. You don't get that where you don't get the, you don't get there from someone just giving you this and that and they plant you in there. Guaranteed your stuff is crumbling. 
Because you don't have a clue as to how to run a business and to overcome the challenges that you're going to face. Yeah. So. so true. Wow. So people are like so much wisdom. Yes. It's so true. Is that the the grant for the truck? No, that's the grant for the Double Up Food Bucks where we support families on SNAP, which is formerly yes. known as food stamps. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so that's what that, so I have 11 locations in Southern Nevada and Northern Nevada that are offering Double Up Food Bucks. And how that works is if you're on SNAP, for every dollar you spend in fruits and vegetables, you get a dollar free. And so you go into the supermarket, uh, you buy $10 worth of fruits and vegetables. They can be canned, fresh, or frozen. And then the checker is going to give, you spend $10, the checker is going to give you a voucher, a coupon for $10. So you can come back at a different time and just use that as cash. That's or awesome. you can get out the line and go back in the store and come back, you know, same day and use it as cash. So the, those coupons that the uh, checker gives out and then, you know, she receives them back. So at the end of the month, all the coupons that they receive, the, the location and the farmer's markets, they give them, they count them up and give them to me and say, hey, we gave out, you know, $2,000 worth of fruits and vegetables. They got $2,000 worth of coupons that they redeemed and I pay them the $2,000 to reimburse them, the free part. And so that's what the grant money does. Incredible. Yeah, yeah Incredible. It's, it's been like Mario's Market has he was, so he's a little corner neighborhood store. Like most of them, the most uh, popular part of the store is the hot food section, his fried fish and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. His produce little section had four apples and two lemons, you know, and a wilted cabbage. He, he was able to use some of the money that he made from the program because it's been so successful at his store. He got a whole new produce. He expanded it like another three feet, got a state-of-the-art kind of like, pro and now he carries, like he used to carry five or six different veggies. He probably carries 25 different veggies now. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that also goes back to the food desert um, conversation that you had many times through Vegas Roots. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a real life example of showing up keep going <laughs> and now you're really starting to see the impact in all different ways not just at the garden like really creating that ripple. yes 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 for sure i mean and that's a you know that's such a a wonderful way to extend your food budget you know on snap you can buy meat and you know all kinds of stuff and so now the excuse of I can't afford to eat healthy I can't afford fruits and vegetables and you know they got to use those dollars to buy, you know, dry goods and all of that. So now they don't have to, they only literally have to buy a little bit of, of produce and they can get, you know, so much more. That is so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. So what an amazing story is just there. As far as like where you are now, I know you're building uh color and through all those experiences what is your focus right now as an entrepreneur where are you putting your attention um what are you finding that you really want to just build or grow like what is that what does your path look like right now 
Yeah, so now it really is focused on well women of color because the garden, I'm not going to expand the garden. I'm not gonna plant gardens in other neighborhoods, uh, mostly because it's a lot of work. Right. And, um, and you know, I've been there, done, like I love what we have now and I want to, with the garden, just now be able to enjoy what we've built. I think as an entrepreneur too, there has to be times where you stop building and building and building it, you know, because all that's a lot of work that you literally just allow what you've built to run and have the impact that you originally designed for it to have when you started. I love that. Because other than that, you're always working your butt off and you really don't get to enjoy the fruits of it, you know. And I love where the garden is now. I have a staff now of seven people that work for me at the garden. So cool. I, I'm not starting any more programs at the garden. We have Little Roots, we have the veggie bug truck, you know, we have the adoptive plot. And now we're able to just breathe and serve and you know enjoy so i love the fact that the garden is kind of running itself right now and so my my focus now really is on building well women of color i want um, right now it's a membership based program and i have about 95 members in it we just came out of beta cool. yeah we just came out of beta um about six months ago i was you know really kind of doing a trial and just tweaking it and you know right. i always I've had about 500 people go through my program here at the garden because I was teaching a nine week wellness sessions, you know, had a lot of success with that in terms of people really changing their lifestyle and their eating and getting off of diabetes medication and getting off of high blood pressure medication. And, and so one day I just felt like it was time to put it online. I just really felt that call because I can only hold about 20 in the classroom. And, if I do it online, I can reach more people across the country and all of that. And so I went immediately, started that, got it online, got the website, got the membership stuff, got the, the little bit of content that I had um, and just added on it, you know, as I as I went. And 80 uh, percent of the original members who started in the beta stayed. Um, and so I have a really, really good retention rate with that. And uh, I now have a partnership with Edna Healthcare. Wow. And it's so crazy. I, and sorry, I paused. I was just thinking about something my daughter said the other day that, that goes in line with what we're, we're talking about now. But my daughter, Kaylin, was like, Mom, do you remember like when you first started Well Women, you were like, it would be so great if I could just align with the health insurance company who has all of the people. And, you know, like, and I haven't run, I think I ran like one or two Facebook ads since I have started, you know, and I knew that, you know, I figured I'm going to really have to promote it and market it and I'm going to have to run ads because we got to get members, you know, signed up and joined. And uh, so then I pitched Edna to offer Wellness University to their members because insurance companies, you know, when you work for a company and you have health insurance, there's programs that come with your health insurance. They may pay for your gym memberships. They'll pay for your Weight Watchers membership. And I was just always like, oh my God, it would be so great if like they could do the same for mine. 
So I pitched them to do a study. So they are funding me to do a study of 100 women of color who are type 2 diabetic. I'll be working with them for 16 weeks. So four months, I'll be working with them. We start October 17th. And if right now, every health insurance company, talking about Aetna, United Healthcare, Anthem, all of them, when it comes to, to helping really anybody overcome disease, they have like a 1% success rate. Um, definitely in the minority community and, and with, with, uh, with uh, diabetes. I mean, it's even lower than 1%. So mm. if, if I even have a 30% success rate with the 100 women in the program, 30% coming off of their medications or lowering their medications and, you know, adopting those healthier lifestyles, uh, and I'm bringing on a biostatistician who is and, uh, from UNLV. So she's a researcher and she's going to bring on some grad students and they're going to actually do the, um, the data collection. And so I will be able to, for the first time, validate my mm. program and validate what I'm doing. And they will be able to write it up in, in the language that the, NIH, National Institute of Health, that funds pretty much the USDA, the FDA, like they fund everything, you know, I'll be able to then, you know, probably apply for funding for them. But, um, and I'm bringing, I'm going to be working with the Student Nurses, uh, Student Nurses Association. So nurses, when they're in their fourth year, when I mean, their last year, have to do, what is it called? Like those hours that you need, clinical hours, you have to have hands on. And right now with COVID, there's not a lot that they could do because most things are closed down. So they will come every month to um, when we meet, they'll do, they'll take the, the, the BMIs, the weight, the blood sugar, the high blood pressure. So they'll be recording all of that. So Edna is funding me to complete this study. And if I even have like a 30% for me, for them, probably if I had a 5% success rate, they'd be all over it. But for me, I really at least want a 30% success rate. And uh, then they'll be able to offer it to their members. And they have about 14 million members in my target market across the country. So that's where that I really, yes. that's where I really, really want to be. Because when that happens, I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be running well, women of color from the beaches of Brazil, mm. Belize, like wherever I can be, that's what I'm gonna be doing. I remember you always talking about being able to work from the beach. <laughs> yes. Like Costa Rica, I think. Yeah. And the and DR. Like I, I, yeah, I've, I've always said like when I retire, I wanna retire in the DR. Yeah. Dominican Republic, yeah. So it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I mean, we have the data now of when you say it, it comes together, making it work, like. Girl, and it's so funny, Kelly, because still, because remember stuff like this used to happen all the time when you're. Yeah. Me. It's still every day, even yesterday, girl, I don't even have enough time to tell you what happened yesterday, but it's just like, mm. but it really is keeping your vibration level high not having anger, resentment, anxiety, fear. I don't have any of that, or I have very little. I'm, I'm able to always kind of catch myself and go, Roz, you tripping. Get your whole life right. 
you know, and I'm able to do that really quickly now. But I really believe it's because I'm not in the universe's way. I'm not in God's way. I'm not in my way. I'm just open to whatever happens. And I, you know, there is, there is truth to the law of attraction. Mm. There is truth to that. There's truth to whatever you think about, you bring about. If you were angry and bitter and all of that, like day in and day out, year in and year out, ain't nothing good gonna happen for you long term. Mm. You might have fleeting moments of goodness, but most of the time, it's always gonna be some crap going on to cause you to always have this anger and resentment and, and all of that. And I am a true believer that because I'm so open with whatever life brings my way, I don't care when I, I can't even, I can't even express to you in words how much I don't care. Mm. I don't care what happens about anything. And I know this is like probably recorded, but I love just kind of sharing this story to, to bring it home with a small group of friends. Uh, my husband and I, I have like a really, really amazing husband. And we're best friends. We've been together 16 years. And it's just so sweet. Even last night, Kelly, we were just laying in bed sleeping. And all of a sudden, we're just holding hands while we're sleeping. Like, I wake up and I'm like, we're holding hands. Like, it's, he's, you know, Malcolm, he's just, yeah, he's, he's so amazing. So, Kelly, if I came home today and he... I caught him in the house with somebody else. Mm. I would pack his bags, wish him adieu, and I wouldn't lose one iota of sleep. Mm. I think that people need to do what's best for their life and what's best for them that makes them happy because I'm going to do the same. And if something else made him happy or someone else made him happy, I think that he absolutely should do that because. 17 years ago, I didn't even know who he was. So he can't base his whole life around the fact that you met me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I would move on like, okay, it must be a season for me to be single, which I would love because I would go hiking through Europe. I would have an itinerary <laughs> in a week. My, <laughs> I'd, have, I'd be on a plane like, like, wow, I'm free. I can, you know, and so Every single thing is the icing on my cake. I'm the cake. I am all that I need in this world. I say all the time, if I lost my home and had to live under a freeway in a box, I would still be happy going, wow, God, this is a unique experience I hadn't anticipated. But let's see where it goes. Maybe I'm supposed to be out here ministering to people. Maybe I'm supposed to be out here helping them. Maybe I'm just supposed to, I love camping. Maybe I'm just supposed to be in the fresh air. And I would just let it do what it do until it wasn't doing that no more and something else came. And so I firmly believe, Kelly, that that's why the universe is like, oh my God, I, I love, Will Smith has a, a video. I love, if you ever want to be motivated, you look up some Will Smith YouTube motivational videos, but he says that, um, once you know the direction that you're going or that you want to go, the universe will conspire to make it happen, right? It can only do that in a clear, free-flowing, loving, high-vibrational environment. Mm. And I want to always stay blessable.
That is why I want to always be blessable. When favor is out there trying to find somebody to bless, I want favor to be like, damn, she's the only one smiling today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. And before we wrap up, to have that clarity, what is one thing that someone can do if they're feeling like, oh my God, this all sounds amazing. I want to be blessable. I want to have that clarity. What's one thing someone could do just today to start being mindful of maybe, to start having that clarity? Not that attachment of like, yeah. this is exactly what I want to happen, but just having that, again, what you're saying, that clarity to be able to receive. <clears throat> hmm. Um, one thing that comes to mind is really writing out what you want to see in your life happening for, you know, I don't know, the next five or 10 years or that thing that you've always dreamt about. Really writing down what you envision your life looking like, right? Mm -hmm. So you might envision your life looking like, like, you know, in the DR, I know I want to have a juice bar on the beach. Right? Yep. So if I had nothing else going on, and remember, I went to the DR, Kelly. You did. I had my blender. Yes. My mom had a banner made. I didn't gave the juice bar a name. I didn't even know she was going to make a banner. I took my I banner. You're like, I got to go. I, uh, I'm manifesting a juice bar in the DR. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> right. And so yeah. I went. I went to test out the model and going up yeah. and down the beach, making, right, it was, it was incredible. But let's say that's the only thing that I ever wanted to do in my life and I really wasn't doing anything else right now, but that's, so I would write out exactly where I wanted to be and then understand that the only way to get there, so once you've written out that vision, the only way to truly get there uh, and, and, in an expeditious way is to say that's important enough for me to leave all this other bull crap that's clogging up my mind alone so when my boyfriend don't show up or my girlfriend don't show up and my job gave me a d demotion and i don't have a lot of money in the bank and i need to find somewhere to live understand that those things are fleeting they're gonna happen to everybody, but not to put so much stock in today. Like, mm -hmm. do not worry so much about what's happening in this moment, but to keep that vision in the forefront and understand that you're never getting there if you're angry and bitter and, and just pissed off at the world all while you're trying to get there. And so I think that once you write that vision out, allow yourself to say, okay, I've got to exhale, have some prayer time, some meditation time, some me time every day, playing out that vision in your head. The more you see yourself doing what you love to do, the less the world will rock your boat. Like the world, I, girl, the world could be on fire and I don't give a damn. Could mm -hmm. just don't even care, right? Um, because damn, I'm, my life is half over right now, right? I'm 53 years old. I don't have time. Even when I was 40, I was like, there's no way I'm spending time thinking, you know. And so when you understand, I love this quote by Steve Jobs that said, um, uh, it's, it says something like, you don't have as much time as you think you have. 
So you need to be about your business, right? And so this is what I would want people to understand. You do not have as much time as you think you have. I don't even care if you're 30, because if you're 30 years old right now, you probably could almost, it almost seemed like yesterday when you had your high school graduation. Like time is flying by and it's flying by even faster for those who are in these, these jacked up mentality, this jacked up way of thinking. Like let's stop normalizing bullying our brains bullying ourselves and to the point of where we almost make it happen. Like we have thought about something that hasn't happened yet to the point of where it almost feels like it's happening. Like let's stop normalizing that kind of thinking. And one thing I do want to share. And when I, when I learned this, it totally changed my whole life. You can stop a thought in the middle of it. You do not have to play out every story in your head. Ooh, that's a and good so one. The biggest thing with trying to get to where you're trying to go, the stories in our head and the fears in our minds keep us from going there. So let's say you start thinking about, oh my God, what if I move over there and I can't find, you can, when you realize you're spiraling down some rabbit hole that who knows how it's gonna end, stop yourself. Say, damn, you know, like you're, you're telling a story that has no truth to it, no basis to it, right? And so when you get into the habit of stopping, and, 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 and I heard uh, her name is Joyce Meyer, she was a, a TV uh, minister. When she said that, Girl, when I tell you my life changed, because I like we think we let every story play out until we can't even come up with another ending. Like, okay, that bullshit story done ended because I don't have another, you know. We don't have the next chapter. Yeah. And she was like, "You can cut a thought," and I was like, <laughs> "And it works. You can cut a thought off." And I do it all the time. When I first started that practice. I'd be telling a story in my head for 15 minutes, right? Now, Kelly, I'm telling a story maybe 60 seconds. The and then I stop it. And, and when you are telling yourself that negative story, that negative thought, when those fears come in your head, when you stop the thought, think about the thing that makes you smile, that gives you joy. Mm -hmm. It might be hiking in Peru, it might be swimming in the ocean, it might, whatever thing that you think about that makes you smile, think about that, replace that. If you do that, and you can use that same thought, that same happy thought every single time, or you can come up with different ones, you know, my baby, my, my baby makes me so. Kelly, I promise you, when you do that over and over and over and over, because what you're doing is you're Stopping that negativity to bring joy so that you stay blessable, so that the universe continues. The universe is like, okay, she's going left. Oh, hell, uh oh, she back, she back, she back, she back. <laughs> you know, it works like a charm. That is gold. Thank you. Yeah. Even just today, I was kind of going down one of those. And just what you're saying now, I'm like, oh, okay. And I think that resonates with so well, so many people who are creative and want to do good and really want to make an impact or create something, entrepreneurs, like we can 
very easily get in our heads. And that's yes. a beautiful practice. Yes. Just, you could stop it. Yeah. Have that joy. Yeah. And then have it as a practice. Because one of the biggest things, too, that you touch upon and just seeing you in action is all of this is practices for you. It's stuff that you really implement every day. Every day, yeah. Something that you think about, you do, and then you're done with it. But these are like intuitive practices to keep you in a high vibration, keep you aligned with your vision, keep you aligned with God, the universe. So these are things that we just constantly have to work on. And as you use the example with the grant writing, you're gonna have the no's, the no's, the no's, the no's, the no's, but then you're gonna get a big yes from that practice. Yeah. yeah. And no is a practice and there's gonna be highs and lows, but to ride it through, right. that's how you get to where you wanna go. Right. Probably then what you even wrote on your piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. That's what you taught me too. You're like, it's gonna be better. <laughs> Just go with it now, but like it's gonna be even better than what you could think of right now because you just haven't seen it yet. Yes, it's so so very true. It really really is, and I love that you are reminding people that it is a daily, daily, daily. And you know what, Kelly, you begin to really really love it. You begin to love the journey, love the experiences, love the ups and downs, love the left turns and the right turns. You really really begin to embrace it. Um, because I'm practicing everything that I'm sharing with you on a daily basis. And right. it keeps you, you know, it's really hard for people to understand the, uh, the concept of being present, right? Being present means that you're not spiraling out of your head for 15 minutes because now, you know, you over in New York thinking about the fact that you should have been there and you didn't get the job and oh my God, such and such in New York got the job and then she moved you know, to Hawaii, and now she's living her best. Like, you didn't just waste it, you know, half an hour of your day, and you're thinking about that same story and how you hate this every day, right? That's not being present. That's being in the future, being in the past, being somewhere. And so stopping that thought and bringing that joyous thought, not caring about what might happen in the future or what happened in the past, I didn't get all the grants, not caring about anything, I'm really, really focused on today. And being present and focused on today means that, Kelly, if you're living in the future, and I love this thought, if you're living in the future, because you're always thinking about what if, what if, or you're living in the past, always thinking about, oh my God, I can't believe that happened, I can't believe I lost a job, if you're constantly living in the future and living in the past, you're never, ever, ever living right now. So that even when your future comes, even when next week comes, you're still in next month and you're in last week. There's never a time where you're living today. What the hell kind of life is that? I spent it uh, in the matrix in the, in the future and in the past. And I never, ever lived for today. What if... Yes, we're going to get timed out of Instagram because we literally got the whole live. But Roz, that's a beautiful note to end on. And again, thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom and your testimony and just like you living by example, because it really does create that ripple effect. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. And I have to say really quick, you were so yeah. instrumental in that journey. In the beginning, you were there. You helped me through. You were amazing thank had it not been for you i wouldn't have gotten as far as i did so no. thank you thank you
You were my first ever mentor. I love yes. you. And I'm always here for you still. Anytime Thank you need me, I'm here. Yes. Same. Everybody go support Roz, Vegas Roots, Well Women of Color. We're going to get timed out. Love you all. Thank you. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> you could check out